0: She's a business mogul, number one, and wellness expert. How can I help?
1: And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast.
0: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And we have Judy Seeger with us and she is a naturopath for over 30 years, and you are going to absolutely love her. And today we are talking about gut health and the best way to figure out why you're not losing weight. We're talking about digestive issues, bloating, weight gain, and constipation, all the fun stuff. So Judy, welcome.
1: Hey, thank you so much, Chantal. really appreciate being on here with you. Love, love, love your work. If everybody tells their mother, their sister, their brother about you, they would be in the limelight because you take care of your people. So thank you for being here and taking care of your followers. You're awesome.
0: Well, you are awesome as well. And I know that you specialize in gut issues and gut health. And really, a lot of it has to do with you and your own digestive issues. And that's how, how all of us, right? That's kind of how all of us get started. It's like we have our own issues. And then we're like, okay, now I want to help everyone around me with some of these. So talk a little bit of what has helped rebalance your gut And some of the best therapies to kind of heal your own illness that can help others.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of different directions we could go with it, but we want to focus on helping your people the best because they're worried about their weight. And it's like, I hate that. The older you get, the more weight you put on. Oh, what is that about? Right? So I did get into the gut stuff because back in, um, I was in my teens, actually, I did not have a flat belly and you know everybody's walking around with their flat belly and their bikinis, not me. And I was like, what the heck? And so figured out that I had digestive issues and a lot of is emotional, mental, spiritual. We could go down that path because that is a huge issue when rebalancing the gut. Uh, in my family, I've had three family members who died of stomach cancer. So stomach issues, gut digestion, thought patterns, all that is combined. But the real issue was I was eating horribly. I was the pizza queen of New York. I would eat pizza every single week and a big bottle of Coca-Cola. And so my diet was horrible. I ate sweets all the time. So as I learned about it over the years, what I learned is that, hey, this could be turned around by a good diet, which is absolutely what you're doing. I love what you're doing. Everything that you're teaching your people about keto and the right foods is fabulous. It's exactly what they need to do. But then there's this issue about digesting it. So whether you're eating fats, carbs, proteins, whatever that diet-based, you gotta be able to digest it. And that's the issue with a lot of us. So I learned it's the digestion of that and also then detoxing it because we've had it for a long time. And that's where that poofy belly comes a lot of times. I know we don't like to talk about it, but we need to is we get constipated. And when you get constipated, that belly starts to go out and then we don't have that fat belly. And then the weight starts going in other places because your body's protecting your organs. So toxins are stored in fat. So when you lose the weight, you're going to feel better because the toxins are leaving and that's so awesome. So constipation is one thing and that means having a bowel movement after every meal. And not all of us have that. I, I used to go once a week. I know once a week, that's a long time, it's horrible. But, and then I used to have skin rashes and weight issues and fatigue and not sleeping, all those different things. But now, here I'm 63 years old. I got energy. I feel good, not constipated, following a good program, but I detox regularly. So you do a great job teaching your people about no sugar. Well, there's a couple of other layers on that as well. So if they detox other things in their body, the weight comes off, the toxins leave because they're not stored in fat, and everybody starts feeling better because they have more energy. And that is exciting.
0: Yeah. And I will tell you an area that I don't do a good job of. And that is, you know, I talk about it in my book. I talk about it in the show, but I always preface it by saying, even though I think this is so important, I do not have this dialed in. And that is eating slowly, eating small bites and allowing my body, my digestive system to work. Because The digestive system breaks food down into nutrients and energy that the body can actually use. And so when you are eating so fast and not chewing your food and all of that creates so much havoc in your digestion. And even though I think it's incredibly important and I talk about it, I want to clearly say This is, you know, we all have areas of our strengths and we all have areas of weakness. This is my number one weakness, even last probably two nights ago my husband i was eating dinner and he was he looked at me i i had only eaten one meal that day and i allowed myself to get too hungry so i came home and i was like already just stressed out from my day of work and i mean i was i must have been eating really fast and he looked at me and he's like hun slow down. And I was like, and he's like the fastest eater in town. So for him to say slow down, that means I was must have really been inhaling my food. So let's start with talking about tips for eating slower and actually digesting our food.
1: Yeah. And I really appreciate your vulnerability and openness about that, Chantel. Not a lot of people <laughs> admit that, but you're right. It is a big deal. And I used to be the same as you. I would, I would, I ran a clinic, I ran two clinics and I would like inhale between patients and it was just, yeah, same thing. So there's three aspects of this that will give to everybody that are practical, easy. And get them to understand what it takes and maybe even help you so first things first is the uh, emotional and mental part if you are stressed out it is the worst time to eat so that's when i encourage people you know what why don't you go have some because it's winter now have some hot cocoa something with a little bit of fat substance to it like almond milk or you know with raw cacao to s- calm the system down give you a little bit of something and then shift over to, okay, I'm going to have a meal and I'm going to sit down and have that meal. So it has to be a shift because here's the challenge. If you don't make that shift, no matter how high quality that food is, whether it's organic and, um, you know, the highest, the highest quality that you could get, it will not digest in your body, which then means it will not be able to go out to your blood cells and your organs. And then of course the weight goes on and stays on. you body actually turns more acidic because you're eating so fast and so much and you haven't taken the time to make that shift of, okay, I'm going to take some time to digest the food. A lot of people don't know the the longest it takes to digest food could be anywhere from three to four hours all the way to 12 hours to digest food. Well, you know this because you teach keto, right? So it takes a long, long time. And so if you're inhaling it, it's going to take even longer. And a lot of times your belly, it just sits there. You get heartburn, you get the sour burps, and then you start getting headaches. It goes on and on and on. So first things first is the mental, emotional part. So have a cup of tea, have a cup of almond milk, have something to just shift over to get you to that place where you can sit down and calm down. The next part is understand that digestion begins in your mouth, which you mentioned. There's an, there's an enzyme called ptyalin in there that breaks down amylase, which is a carbohydrate food, which most foods have some type of carbohydrate in it. And if that doesn't happen right here, that's where the stomach really gets hard and the acid starts going like this. And when the acid starts going like a little piston machine, the bloating starts, the gas starts, and then you don't feel good because your stomach is having that sour, heavy feeling, right? So it starts here. So do you have to chew a hundred times? No. (laughs) Who's going to chew a hundred times, but you do have to chew enough where you're mixing the saliva with the food. So it could break down here. So here's the last tip that is so important. Never, never, never. And we'll ask you, Chantel, if you do this, never, never, never drink with your meal. And the worst is drinking cold with your meal. That's even way worse, right? So, do you do you drink with your meal? You know,
0: I what I do, I try not to. Um, if I do, what I do is I'll, you know, when I have the waitress. Let's say I go to the restaurant, so I'll ask her to give me this much water. So, like when she's going in and pouring it, I'll I'll literally say, "Can you give me this much water?" Depending. And sometimes I'll say, please don't, I don't want to water because if it's there, I haven't broken the chain of being there. So when I'm at home, I will not drink water at all. Good for you. Um,
1: yeah. And the reason is because it again it dilutes your digestive enzymes in your stomach, which is where you could get gas and bloating and indigestion of all kinds. So 30 minutes before your meal. 30 minutes after your meal. That's the best. And cold, cold is like a shocking thing to your stomach. And it's like, Oh my goodness, this is so cold. I like it has to adjust the body temperature because before it can even digest the food. I've seen people throwing up ice cream because they, but their stomach has like shut down and they can't digest anything. So that's like pretty bad. So cold for sure, stay away from, and you're right. Even if it's just a little bit of water, that's good, but you don't really want to have it 30 minutes before 30 minutes after. And then afterwards, a lot of times uh, apple cider vinegar is very nice for a little digestion, taking a little apple cider vinegar, putting it in a glass of water, drinking it 30 minutes after your meal really calms the system down, helps you digest, helps your stomach get a little bit more acid, and it helps to break down those fats and proteins, really makes your stomach feel good.
0: Yeah. And I, at one point did kind of like a study on how long it takes to digest various foods. And so like water, obviously it's going to digest immediately on an empty stomach, but then it's kind of like everything else kind of has tears. So like the next level would be like, you know, if you had fruit or vegetable juice, that's going to be more like, or, or like vegetable broth, that's going to be like, you know, 15 minutes. And then like, if you had a smoothie, that would be like, you know, 20 minutes. Um, But then even fruit itself, because fruit is the fastest thing. If you eat it by yourself on an empty stomach, even the fruits, depending on what kind of fruit it is, like a watermelon digests the fastest. So that might be, you know, within 20 minutes, you're fully
1: digested
0: a watermelon.
1: It depends though. Well, here's the thing, because... You know, in the clinic, I would read the same studies and then I would see something totally opposite in the clinic. And I was like, what the heck? Here's what I've learned. If people are stressed out again, going back to that, and if they're not chewing their food well or they're mixing it with their water, it doesn't matter what they eat. They're going to get gas and bloating. Right. Or if they like, OK, they don't do any of that. They're like, OK, I'm just going to have you know, a peach. Right. And they still get gas and bloating, which I saw often because my first clinic was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And oh my goodness, everybody had crazy diets of all different kind and taking handfuls of supplements thinking that was enough. And I'm like, no. So the thing is, is if you get, here's your, here's your thing. Never listen to anybody except your body because your body never lies. So if you eat a peach and you're getting gas and bloating, then you can't digest it. Okay. So that's okay. Then you're just like, okay, well, maybe I need to put in a smoothie to chop it up even more. And sometimes that's a little bit better or maybe mixing it with a little bit of yogurt. Maybe that's a little bit better. Right. So it can be done. It's just, you got to pay attention to your body and where you're at. And then, then you could see, Oh, that is what's happening. I'm not digesting this. I got to just slow it down. Right. Makes a big difference.
0: Yeah. For me personally, I know that the way that I digest my food, my food the best is for me to try to, as much as I can have fruits by themselves and then try to have most of my meals with, you know, protein and vegetables and not a lot of starches. Cause I already have a lot of digestive issues. So because of that, I have to do things, you know, a little bit differently. And you're right. Like I have to get to the place like, sometimes i'll have like this much water i have to get to the point i never drink any water and the way to do that is to make sure that you're really hydrated outside of those meal times so then you're not wanting to drink that water while you're eating it makes such a difference it's not even funny
1: No, it doesn't because your body is made up of 80% and and down to their cellular level, that water has to be there to flush out the toxins, help you digest, help you, help you, help you in so many different levels. So you're absolutely right. Here's another trick I learned. These are practical things I've learned in my 30 years. Love to share it with your people is four ounces of water, which is what you said, but a lot of people don't like the taste of water, right? Which is why these flavored bottled water drinks are coming out all the time, but then they're mixed with preservatives, chemicals, sucralose, all these things that are harmful for you. So having a little bit of lemon juice is good. However, my dentists are all telling me, well, you know, it wears down the enamel on the teeth, so you gotta be careful. Well then take a straw and then drink it down or mix it just with a little bit of juices, right? So whether it's grape juice, apple juice, I mean, we're talking like a tablespoon. I personally like the apple cider vinegar because you put good raw apple cider vinegar, like a teaspoon in there in a little glass of water. It gives it a little bit of different flavor. And then it's like, oh, you know what? I'm tired of water, but having this is not so bad. We just need to get it in a habit, like you said, a little bit at a time all throughout the day.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things that's really important for me is to, when I really understood what the process of digestion had. So what where I didn't realize, like, one of the things someone told me is, your stomach doesn't have teeth. And that was like a really kind of eye opening thing for me. And so when you take in food, it physically gets broken down into smaller pieces by your teeth. But one of the things I have to do is I have to cut my food because I know I'm not chewing it as much as I need to. So before it hits my mouth, I have to cut my food in the smallest pieces I can because I know I'm not going to chew it long enough. But but not only do I need to keep it smaller bites, but the my salivary glands are triggered and the saliva is released to moisten and lubricate the food. And so you have to keep it in your mouth so that people don't realize that's part of the digestion portion of just being in your mouth, chewing it. That starts the process.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and so digestion actually does not start in your mouth. I know this is going to kind of blow your mind, Chantal, but it starts in your nose when you and you said it. Actually, when you smell food, your salivary glands start working already, which already kicks in the digestive tract. Mm. Wow. Okay. great. So it starts here. Here's the thing. The stomach is and I wish I had my model of my stomach. If we if I had known, I would have bought it out. But let's just pretend we got the stomach going out. As you swallow the food, it goes in through your esophagus, right? So that's that long tube that that is uh, in your chest, right? And as it goes to the upper part of your stomach, that's called the uh, upper part of your stomach, the upper cardiac portion, meaning it's closer to your heart. So there's a certain acid there. So when food first hits it, it kind of like makes a splash through there. And it's like at a 6.1 acid. As it goes to the main part of your stomach, which is what we always think is all the food, it's like, well, it's already been through the salivary glands, already been through the upper portion. Now it gets into the middle part, which could be like 5.6 acid to uh, 5.7. Like it's very, very acidic. And then it goes through the lower portion of the stomach where it has even more acids to break down the carbs, the proteins, the fats all throughout the process. So no one doesn't have teeth but it has those strong, strong, strong acids. Here's the challenge, is those acids are so strong that if you take it out, these are the doctors when they're playing in in the learning about the body, they take the acid and then they drop it on a concrete floor. It will burn a hole through concrete. Okay, so that's how acidic it is. So you're thinking, oh, well, then it could digest a piece of steak, well, It does unless it's not working at top-notch level. So anytime, like you said, if the food is not chopped up, if you're mixing it with drink, if you're not uh, settled down to be able to digest it, if the acids are off in your stomach, okay, then it's not gonna be able to break down food. So how do you raise the stomach acids other than all the ways we just said is eating more acidic type foods. And you're like, what? I don't wanna have more acid foods but you are, you need it. It's like having apple cider vinegar, eating the meat, having those types are fine because it's building up that acid. What takes away from it is sugar right? Sugar is like the worst thing. It absolutely, it's, it just destroys the stomach lining. So you definitely want to stay away from that. So you're spot on with teaching your people about staying away from sugar. We just need to raise the digestive enzymes so that it helps. Now people could take digestive supplements. These are enzymes that help break down the protein, the fats, the carbohydrates. Those are fine. I actually used to teach that in my clinic. It's just that you have to take it at every single meal, but boy, does that make a difference as well?
0: It does. And I actually have my own product of that. And what it is, is it actually is a combination, which I love. It's my favorite product that I have on with waste away, but it's, it's HCL and digestive enzymes. So it's, it's both of them in one pill which I think is kind of the magic solution to kind of help you when you did eat faster than you wanted to, when you are eating things. So so for me, I don't eat it at every meal, but I do eat it when I'm mixing a lot of different, like if I'm eating more, a little bit more carbs with some meat and this and kind of that, I'm definitely 100% eating that. If I was eating... A salad with lots of vegetables, you know, I'm not, and, and tons of veggies and maybe a little bit of protein, I don't really need it. Um, or if I was just eating vegetables, like let's say I was just eating a salad, I don't need it. My stomach will easily digest that. I don't need it at all. But if I'm kind of mixing this and this and this and all this other craziness and I'm a little stressed and I'm eating a little faster than I need to then I have that in my purse at all times.
1: Yeah, so it depends. That's you and that's your situation. And as a broad scope of what I've seen is that some people need to take those digestive enzymes before their meal to get them ready to help digest the meal. So I've learned 30, again, 30 minutes before, take your sip of water to help break down the foods. And then you said chopping up the foods into small bites. That's really good as well. Here's something I've learned that I want to share with your um, listeners and followers is so, so important is that many, many people think that having a salad every day is super, super healthy. Here's what I've learned is when people have chronic, chronic, constipation, or they've got anything from cancer to autoimmune, to all kinds of different kinds of chronic issues, fatigue and and insomnia, all this stuff, they can't digest salads very well. It's a very, very hard vegetable to digest because of the heavy, it's cellulose. It's a, it's a heavy vegetable fiber that protects the vegetables. So what I used to do in my clinic, and I still teach people this when I work with them one-on-one is like, look, let's do this. Let's just have some either chop it up that's fine and have a small salad Or even better yet, why don't we steam the vegetables? Because when you steam them, it it has that ability to break off that cellulose so it's not as strong. So broccoli and cabbage and cauliflower and all these wonderful different types of vegetables can be steamed or put into soup. And then it's so, people rave about it. They're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. The gas and bloating is gone. I have more energy. I'm absorbing my food. I'm like, yeah, it's just that simple. It's just like, Anything that's hard to digest when you're uh, having issues, chronic conditions, let's go steam veggies. It's, it's a lifesaver.
0: That is really such a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up. For me, that's a really big deal. For me to have my vegetables, especially things like, I notice even kale, um, like if I'm having a kale salad, that, you know, I have a little bit of skin issues. And so... If I have my kale in a smoothie and it's really really like ground up ground up that's a lot easier for me to digest than having like a huge kale salad that's going to be it's a lot for me to digest even like you know sauteing the the kale or sauteing you know the the spinach I do so much better so that's such a great point. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to tell you one more secret on that is kale and spinach. I uh, will take people off of it. Mm -hmm. I know it's like, what? Because of that very reason I've, again, clinically I've seen patterns of what works and what doesn't work. So when everybody was coming out with kale and spinach and a lot of people were coming to me with psoriasis and eczema and bloating and gas and all this stuff, I'm like, and I know things are, when you have skin issues, something's going on inside that is coming out through the skin because your skin is your largest detoxifying organ in your system. So it's like, well, so what's the deal? So I took people off spinach and kale. This is way before anybody was even talking about it. And I saw drastic improvement with people. Now, can they go back on after a while? Yeah, of course, you know, then not every day, but having it once in a while is fine. But these were people like everyday kale salad, everyday spinach salad. And I'm like, let's just take you off. Let's do steamed veggies. Let's take you out. Cause kale and spinach are also very high in oxalic acid which could cause inflammation. So I said, let's take you off of that and let's see how it goes. And that's again, where I I learned and I saw it. And now I still tell people, I said, just for a time, get off things that are high, high fiber, get off things that are high in oxalic acid, which could cause joint aches and pains. And let's detoxify you a little bit. And then next thing, you know, they were feeling way, way better.
0: That is so wise. I love that. I want you to talk a little bit about nutrients. Like when you're not digesting your food properly, that's when you get all these other hosts of problems because the nutrients aren't able to get to your cells. Can you talk about that for a bit?
1: Yeah, so getting nutrients into um, the blood system, uh, there's a lot of different ways to do that. First things first is to understand that As the food comes into your body and as it's digested, well, where does it go? Let's finish the rest of the digestive process and I'll show you how to get the nutrients into your cells, right? So we just talked about the stomach, right? So we have the cardiac portion, the main portion and the end portion, right? And it goes out through the duodenum into the small intestine. The small intestine is like the spaghetti thing of a bunch of stuff in right underneath your stomach and right behind your belly button where it makes it look like, oh my gosh, that's where my problem is why I'm so fat, right? And I can't seem to lose the weight. Well, the small intestine, if you dissect it, it's a tube that has these things called villi and it looks exactly like that. And these villi move the food down the path. Well, in between the villi is where you absorb a lot of your nutrients, your vitamin A, your minerals, your nutrients that have to go into your bloodstream. So if those small intestine are plugged up, how is it going to absorb the nutrients? Like I've literally seen x-rays where, you know, the, the stomach is not digesting and the villi are pushed down and no nutrients are coming in. So it's like, well, what do you do? One of the first things we do is replenish it by giving it good bacteria. Good bacteria, of course, is what, Chantal? Quiz time. What is good? What is a supplement that we always take? It's in yogurt and it's all fermented probiotic. food. There you go. Exactly. So probiotics, right? And there's different kinds of probiotics now, of course, but the ticket is give it probiotic. Why? Because that helps those villi work better because there's so many bad bacteria from the sugar and the alcohol and the cheese and the fried food that it's not absorbing the nutrients. So by giving it lots of good bacteria through the probiotic Then it starts to say, Hey, I'm getting balanced out. So in the beginning, I tell everybody, look, you're going to get a little gas, a little bit, you know, just a little bit because that good bacteria is stirring things up and coming in. I put my 86 year old mom on it. She was having constipation issues. I gave her that. And then I'm going to tell you the foods to have. She was like, Oh my goodness. My stomach has gone down. I've lost five pounds. I feel so much better. Just that little probiotic, right? So that's important. And then the last part is the large intestine. So large intestine is typically where all the food that is not uh, is done with the body, and the body says, "Hey, I'm good." You know, the the fiber, or whatever. It's time to get it out through the feces. Great. So that's where a lot of problems come in because if you've eaten poorly and the small bacteria hasn't been able to break it down and move it along, it gets stuck in there. So you could have all kinds of issues there for constipation to diarrhea. And now that's another issue, but let's get back to the probiotics. So this is the area where once the food gets to move through that 20 feet, then next thing, you know, it is going to go out to the bloodstream. That's how the nutrients go from the stomach into the whole digestive tract into the the bloodstream. So That's all your vitamins, all your minerals. You can take supplements, but if it can't be broken down, it literally will just go through the digestive tract and not be broken down. So best thing, of course, is always through food when you can. So fermented food, your sauerkraut, your kimchi, your yogurt, your your foods that are fermented always do better because it helps to build that good, healthy bacteria up. What takes away from the good bacteria is the bad stuff. Again, number one is sugar, right? Sugar is going to destroy. It. It's going to cause issues. But the second important thing would be to stay away from the white flour products. Now, I'm Hungarian. I love a good bread. Oh my gosh, white bread. I grew up with that. Can't eat it anymore though because I know it's bad, right? But the white bread, white pancakes, flour with you know the the biscuits and you know, all the anything with white flour will again close the ability for the small intestine to move the food down and the villi that is moving the food down will literally like shut down and be smushed down and be like done I'm not I can't work anymore and this is where a lot of people get diarrhea and constipation because it's just not working anymore so white flour and white sugar might have to think about doing a white flour detox sometimes Chantelle that would be another one to do
0: Hey guys, I'm so excited. My new book, One Meal and a Tasting, is out now. And if you order the book on Amazon, just the regular paperback edition, if you go in and make a review, you will get the audio book for free. Send a copy of your receipt to questions at chantelrayway.com and you'll get the audio book right away. Well, you made a really good point. I want to talk about bowel transit time. And, you know, they. Obviously, we're, I'm only on the naturopath kind of way. But if you went to like a regular kind of doctor that specialized in maybe, you know, IBD or, you know, any gastrointestinal doctor, what they do is they actually use a special pill and they actually me- measure how quickly your body moves food from your stomach to your small intestines and onto your colon before you poop it out. But, um, one of the things I learned is that you can do it with eating beets. And so I do this on a regular basis because
1: I just... Great trick. I know. I love this one. This is good.
0: I think it's fun and I'm just kind of weird, but I love doing things like this. But what is the time... Have, have, talk about that. Have you ever suggested someone to do that? And what is your time that you say, hey, this from the time that you eat the beets you should see your poop being red in this amount of time. And you know, that's like the ideal window for that, tr- you know, bowel transit time.
1: Yeah. So it really depends. It You can't do generalized anything anymore because everybody I'm finding is so different. The last 10 years, you know, I've been in this 30 years. The last 10 years, I'm seeing autoimmune and cancer go up, 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 up. And so I I've learned that I have to really work with individuals where they're at, you know, where's their stress, mentally, spiritually, physically. And see where that in general, though, I mean, the guidebooks always say, you know, three to four hours after a meal, depending on what type of meal. So if it's a heavy meat meal or high fat meal, that's obviously going to take much longer. Right. But if it's a light vegetable meal, plant based, then that's going to be three, four hours. So the beet trick that you were talking about, which I love, is you eat either uh, raw beets. Yes. But cooked beets is better. Um, Beet juice, you could have, you know, there's all different kind of ways you could have beets. And then watch your stools. Now, I've also seen it come out in people uh, when they urinate. So it could happen, right? Because that's a kidney issue then. And it's like, oh, now I have to pay attention. Do you have kidney stones? Have you had UTIs? That's a whole different thing. But when it comes out through the bowels, a uh, lot of people call me up the next day and says, Oh my God, I'm bleeding through my bowels. And then we start talking about it and say, Well, have you had your beats? Oh, yeah, that's right. Forgot I had my beats yesterday. So that's where that's coming from. So the shorter the time, the main thing is you don't, here, here's the rule of thumb it shouldn't be more than a day. Right within twenty four hours, you better see some red on some level coming out your stools, and then you know, okay, you know it was it was that depending on what I ate and and what you know how long that was, but to understand that within twenty four hours you should be seeing some red coming through your stools, and then you know, okay, yeah, now I know that it's working, and my bowels are doing pretty good,
0: yeah, and I think that it's important that. It's not too fast either. Because I know that, you know, Dr. Marisol and she's been on our show and she's the Queen of Thrones. She's like, you know, the poop poop master that she (laughs) likes we call her. But she says, you know, you also want to make sure that you aren't pooping it out too fast. Because if you if you're eating and then immediately you're pooping that, it's fine to eat and then poop, but if you're eating and then pooping exactly what you ate, then it you aren't giving it then then something is still wrong because it's you know too fast. That, yeah. Yeah, it's too fast and then you're not able to get the nutrients you need. I can't remember. She might say somewhere in the 18 to 20 18 to 24 hours is kind of that
1: yeah, and, and Dr. Madison really knows her stuff. She she's spot on with that. The main thing I just say, look, if you're seeing food particles come through, that's not good. You know, you don't want actually to see lettuce and food coming through, that's not a good thing. You really want to make sure that you're having normal bowels and uh, bowel movements and no diarrhea and it's not constipated and all that kind of stuff so that's exactly right and then you also want to make sure always that you're detoxing all your organs at some point right so your kidneys your lungs your skin your liver all that should be worked on because as those toxins leave again you're going to lose weight you're going to feel better because the toxins have a way to get out. So that's so important to make that whole combination to understand digestion is one thing, making sure your body is eliminating the right way. Then you're not only gonna lose weight, but you actually feel fabulous. Your skin starts to glow. All the people I ever work with on their detox program always say, I was not really expecting how many compliments I'm getting about my skin glowing. I was like, I know this thing works. I know. (laughs) So that's the fun part.
0: Yeah, um, well, I do want to challenge all of you guys to do that beetroot test and try it out because its I think it's super fun and it really will give you a good idea of how that transit time is going for your gut. I will tell you one thing that has been a really good thing for me if I can do it is I actually set a timer. So I'll get my timer on my phone and I try to make it last for 25 minutes. So I'll put on my phone and I'll put 25 minutes and then I try to make my entire meal last that 25 minute time. I'm terrible at it, like I said, and it's very difficult for me to do. Any other tricks for people to kind of slow down in their eating?
1: Yeah, you're, you're really looking for it. I, I know you're going to have to get your mind shifted, Chantel. That's like a whole. OK, so so here's the big question. Why do you sit there and eat so fat? Are you hungry? Are you upset? Is something on your mind? What is going on that you're not able to sit down and relax and eat your eat your food?
0: I think for me, it's like, it's like, like it's get it off the plate. You know, I'm a really high D and I have so much going on. So it's like, okay, let me just get that over with. You know, that's part of it.
1: And are you, but wait, are you enjoying your food? Like, are you like tasting it? That's the problem. I'm not, I'm not enjoying
0: it. I'm, I get in zombie, I call it zombie mode. Now, sometimes I do, don't get me wrong. I don't always do this. It just depends on the day, right? But there's days where I get to be zombie Chantel. And I, you literally, I I don't even know that I was eating it because I get like this. I just am like zombie. Ah,
1: So it's something I'm working on on a regular basis, but that's- Yeah, and the the other thing is when you do have that time where you could really taste your food, what- Time is that? Is it when you're on vacation? Is it on the weekend? Is it, you know, are you seeing the pattern of when you could actually sit and feel relaxed enough to enjoy your meal?
0: Yeah, I think it's when I start talking, like I'm really spending time talking. So I'm eating a bite, I'm putting it down and focused on the people that I'm with. A lot of times when I'm by myself, I don't have, like, I don't have someone else to talk to. So I'm like, well, I'm just, it's fork to mouth, fork to mouth, fork to mouth. That's why that timer for me is such a huge thing is putting that timer on and actually like I have to find other things to do. So I'll have to take a bite, take another bite, and then I have to just leave it there. And I'll like, especially at work, I'll start working on my computer or I have to do something else because just me staring at the food for 25 minutes, I have to you know, maybe go to the bathroom or go talk with somebody or something like that.
1: Yeah. And that, and that, again, it's that mental, emotional mind shift of getting ready that this food has to give you sustenance and energy for the rest of the day. Like you, because I used to be the same way. So I would have to sit there and say, and I didn't do the timer part, but I had to really think about, I want to be healthy. I want to live and breathe my health. And I want to be able to have a quality life. So I had to look at that food and say, is this going to give me sustenance? Yes, but I have to be able to digest it. So I am going to sit and it's like, it's a discipline, right? It's like when we're disciplined to go exercise or go to bed at a certain time or do our work, there's all forms of discipline. So it's an actual discipline to sit there. I have to make this work for me. And what is that going to take? And that is such a mindset shift and you're a really successful businesswoman, So I know you have the discipline. I have no doubt because <laughs> I stalk you all the time and I see what you're doing in business. I'm like, oh my God, there's Chantel again. But it's the same with your food. It's just, you have to get disciplined. This has to work for me. I need to make it work by chewing it more and making sure it's digested.
0: It, and I think that's the piece that I have to remind myself is that if I don't slow down and if I don't chew it properly, I'm not going to be able to get the nutrients to my blood and to yeah. the rest of my body. And it's going to cause a whole host of other proper problems in my life.
1: Yeah, I mean, serious problems. You might have the skin rash now, but I guarantee it will get worse. I used to have the same, We like I had the exact same thing when I was running my clinic. I would eat fast, I, I was high stress, working 80 hours a week ended up with skin rashes where it literally, the the eczema went all the way up to my elbows and I was afraid to even shake people's hands because it was bleeding crap, it was really, really bad. And I'm like, what the heck, right? And then when I had this very same talk that I'm having with you now, it's like, okay, mindset okay what does that take to get to that mindset and it was in, incremental for sure you know changing lifestyle and hours and all that stuff but it had to be here that knowing I need to have my hand now my my skin is gorgeous like I don't even put lotion on right but that's because I'm absorbing my nutrients and I'm really taking the time to eat really just focused on that That's so good. Discipline.
0: Well, I want to ask you about another powerful rebalancer, and that is ozone therapy. So let's switch gears to that. I want you to tell me what is ozone? Is it safe or dangerous? And how does it help your gut rebalance faster and really help you increase that weight loss in a shorter time?
1: Yeah, so ozone therapy is my love because back in 2010, I ended up with Lyme disease coming down here to Florida, and I was exposed to this ozone therapy sauna. And I was like, what, what is that? And it definitely healed me on my Lyme. I give all credit to the ozone. And then a couple of years ago I had frozen shoulders and then the ozone shot. So let's talk about it. So ozone therapy is actually made in nature. And a lot of times people think, oh, I heard so many bad things in the media about ozone. And that's because that's the wrong kind of ozone. We have an ozone layer around the earth and it is there to protect us, but now there's holes in it. Well, why? Because the pollution from the the cars and the corporations are destroying it. But ozone is really made in nature. So think about the sun and the sun rays as it's coming down. Those are called ultraviolet rays. And the job of that is to break off these oxygen atoms and then they're floating all over. So what happens is, oxygen is uh, comes together when those molecules come together. That's O2. Ozone is O3. It's when three atoms come together and bind together, right? Great. So that's nature. That's wonderful. Now we know that that's ozone, just oxygen together. It's a, it's a hyper, super strong molecule of oxygen. So it's very, very safe. In fact, they've done hundreds of thousands of studies in the last uh, 50 years, and have found it's like 0.00007% side effect. So like minuscule, just like hardly anything, right? It's been used since Tesla. Nikolai Tesla was the first one who created the ozone generator that produced ozone to get it out there and help people. Because at that time in the 1900s, infections in the hospitals during World War One and Two was a big issue, gangrene, all that stuff. So he created the ozone ended up helping people that they didn't get uh, to lose their limbs and the infection went down. So let's talk about how does it help in the body though, right? And how do you get it in the body? It's a gas. So how does that all work, right? So ozone now, what they found is that as it comes into the body, and we'll talk a minute about how that's done, the ozone comes into the body. And if there's bad bacteria, remember, we we're talking about bad bacteria in the small intestine going in there. So it kills bad bacteria. It kills... Uh, and if there's any kind of pathogens like fungus, like yeast, like candida, right? Uh, Mold, any kind of bad pathogens that are inside on a cellular level, that ozone comes into the body and literally disperses it. And the immune system comes in and says, hey, let's clean house and let's get rid of this now because we don't need it, right? So how do you take this stuff? Well, there's, there's many different ways, but the simplest is you could take ozone pills or ozone suppositories. And not everybody likes the suppositories, especially the guys, but girls are like, listen, we do we do stuff vaginally for years, not a problem. So you could use it vaginally. So women who have UTIs or IBS or any kind of digestive issues, the ozone is soaked in this infused into olive oil. That's it. And then as if it's a suppository, it then is hardened using cacao butter. That's it, cacao butter, Ozone, olive oil, that's it. And you insert it either vaginally if there's uh, vaginal issues going on, but rectally is the game changer. That is a game changer. I have seen people of all different kinds of chronic conditions healed uh, or gotten better because of it. Because what happens is as you put it rectally, then it goes up into the large intestine and then travels through the small intestine and actually helps to balance the gut. So again, any type of bad bacteria and mold and yeast and candida, it seems like everybody and their mother has candida. It gets rid of it, disperses it, and then it comes out. It comes out through bowels or when you urinate and it's gone. It's just like that. So it's super, super easy, super, super safe. I'm trying to get the word out. And thank you for allowing me to share this, Chantal, because in the 10 years that it's changed my life, I've been able to help thousands of other people in their life to get this whole gut biome balance quickly. It's even stronger than probiotics, actually, because probiotics helps bacteria, whereas ozone helps many, 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 many different things that are pathogens in the body. So it's a little bit more comprehensive.
0: Okay, well, I have a question for you about ozone from a girl named Sarah Carter in Amarillo, Texas. She says, I love, love, love your podcast, Mike only request is it seems like you slowed down on doing shows. I literally wait until your podcast comes out every time and it seems like you're doing less and less. So from one of your biggest fans, I'd love you to do more and more and more and more. I have a question about ozone pills. I started taking some ozone pills and I am on a naturally desiccated thyroid. One of the things that it's done is it's made my thyroid seem to be working more. So so now I don't know what to do. It feels like I just have more thyroid in my system. Should I stop taking the ozone pills, or should I cut back on the thyroid? I'm kind of scared to do either.
1: Sarah Carter yeah. in Amarillo, Texas. Great, great question, and thanks so much for that question. And Chantel, yeah, why are you why are you backing up on your shows? What's the matter, girl? Get back <laughs> on there. We need you. We definitely need you. I'm going to be starting my podcast, but I want my room to look like yours. You have a beautiful, beautiful room. So, um, yeah, to answer that question, it it will take your natural products, desiccated thyroid, vitamins, minerals, and make them stronger. Because, again, it's extra oxygen. And anytime there's extra oxygen, it makes those products more potent, right? And this is true for medication as well. But it's still safe. It's not going to hurt you because it's just oxygen. It's just going to make it a little bit more potent. So what I tell people is like, okay, if you were taking three pills a day to two pills a day and take it with meals, because the food will help to transfer it a little bit better and then slow the potency down a little bit as well. So it works fine if you just use a little bit less. So one pill even a day is fine. Nighttime is even better. And then if that's still a little bit too much, then you could do every other day. But that would be about the most I would I would um, space it out. That would be about it. But it's strong. It's oxygen, but it won't hurt you. So just understand, it will make your your medication or vitamins and minerals a little bit stronger, but it won't hurt anything. Okay, it just makes it a little bit more potent.
0: So, what exactly, as far as the difference between the ozon, ozonate? I'm not even saying ozonated olive. The the oil suppositories. So like when what's the difference between the oil suppositories and taking the pill?
1: Nothing. It's just that the the pills are just ozone with the olive oil. So the olive oil has been infused by the gas of the ozone. That's it. But the suppositories, because it has to be hard it has to be like formed a little bit so you could insert it. So they just added the cacao butter just to have some kind of hardening agent to get it in. That's it. That's the only difference.
0: So what is it? actually like what's going on in your body? Like what can you kind of explain it? Cause for people who are like, you know, this sounds a little weird, like kind of explain it a little bit more in the easiest way you can.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <But> it <is laughs> so it sounds like it's complex because nobody knows about it. Um, there's quite a few doctors now talking more about it. There's seven different countries using it now to help in their hospitals It's getting out there, but it's been 150 years, dude. Like, why is it so long? It's because it's just so, so simple. So what it does in the body is the three oxygen molecules sees a pathogen. Let's say it sees a bad bacteria. It goes over there and basically disperses it. You don't need to know all the science behind it. What you need to know that as it disperses it, then the immune system could come in and help your body to rebuild itself. So that's all it does: sees a pa- sees something toxic, and ba- bam, it just search and destroy. That's it. That's all it's doing. It's such a simple, simple, simple system. Mm, love it.
0: Well this has been amazing. I love spending time with you. I learn something from you every time I talk with you. So tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you and how they can get some more of can get the whether cuz do you sell both do you have the pills and the suppositories that you yeah. sell?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just have them go to my website com all my information, my phone number, text me, call me, email me, and then let me talk because I always look to see what does the person really need, right? So this is a very personalized. It's not like, oh, let's go down to um, the vitamin store and get a vitamin. No, this is, this is real. This is like oxygen on steroids and we want to help you and get the right one. So sometimes some people like the pills But sometimes I recommend the suppositories just for more effectiveness, especially if they're having chronic conditions. So just go to my website, contact me there, and I'll be more than happy to take care of anyone that contacts me.
0: I love it. Well, thank you again. This was amazing. And you guys stay tuned. We have another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now.